As we age, our sleep naturally declines. But when you look at the study of longevity and the study of centenarians, people who live over 100, those people are sleeping adequately. The people who are having a longer health span, not only lifespan, but health span, experiencing greater health into their older years are sleeping better. And so what makes those people different? And how can all of us get on the same page of getting that sleep that helps us live longer and helps us live more healthily? Hey, and welcome to the fourth day of podcast. This is your host, Bailey. I'm an intuitive healer, holistic health coach, and sleep specialist. This is the area of study that I began my work in. And today we are diving all into sleep and longevity, how we can improve our sleep to live longer and healthier lives. I started wanting to improve my sleep out of necessity because truly when you're not sleeping well, it's so shitty. And I have been an insomniac and that's why I began this work in sleep. And this is what brought me to become an intuitive healer. What brought me to become a holistic health coach is healing my own sleep patterns. And I have had insomnia to the worst depths that you can imagine, like two hours of sleep for so many months. And now I am sleeping every night, good sleep, like high quality sleep every night. And there are certain nights where I will have trouble falling asleep or I will wake up in the middle of the night. But I now understand it to a point where I have the tools, I know the techniques that help me fall asleep with ease. And the first thing that has helped me sleep better is a greater understanding of sleep, a greater understanding of how it impacts our lives, how it impacts our longevity. And this is what I want to talk about today, the significance of sleep and longevity. Longevity is not just about living longer, but it's also about living healthier for a longer period of time. Because when you look at centenarians, people who live 100 or older, they're not only living older, but they're not developing diseases and disorders until later in life. So their health span is much longer than the average people. And so it's really interesting to study these people and study the concept of improving our health span and improving our lifespan. What can we do to contribute to that love and longevity. We can tune in our diet. We can tune in our exercise. We can tune in our sleep to improve our body's natural detox systems, to improve our body's natural pathways that happen during sleep and that happen during just you being a generally well lubed up human, like a hydrated, nutrient rich oiled engine. The first thing that I want to talk about with sleep and just understanding it 
its impact with longevity is to describe a couple of different mechanisms that get turned on during sleep or get activated during sleep. And we're going to nerd out here for a second. So bear with me and enjoy the ride. All right. So there's a lot of different systems that happen during sleep that are important for longevity and just overall health. And you probably know of a couple, right? Like our body gets to rest, our mind gets to rest. But we're going to go into a little bit of the specifics on what that means for us. Firstly, let's talk about hormones. There's hormone regulation happening during sleep. And one of the most significant hormones that is primarily released during sleep is growth hormone plays a significant role in our physical growth in our cellular repair, and in our metabolism. This is what helps us recover from workouts. When you are sleeping better, you are recovering better. Our immunity boost, it helps us defend against infections and diseases. Our memory consolidates primarily during REM sleep, and it helps us store new information into long-term memory. Without sleep, we're basically having a lot of buildup of memory that needs to be put into a file box, needs to be put away into its little folder in your brain and taken up at a different time. We're also experiencing cellular repair, producing more white blood cells, and this helps us attack any harmful viruses or bacteria. There's also just increased protein synthesis that helps promote the repair of damage caused by things like stress or even UV rays. And now we're getting into my two favorite mechanisms. If you have drown out during those last ones, perk perk up now because I want you to remember these two. Autophagy and the glymphatic system are my favorite mechanisms of sleep. Autophagy just to me is fascinating. It's not necessarily the best thing about sleep, but It is the removal of unnecessary or dysfunctional components and the recycling of the cell. It basically, the cell sees that there are parts of it that are no longer needed and it recycles those. And this is typically the most active during sleep and different disturbances of not being able to have autophagy is highly linked to various diseases, highly linked to longevity and improved health. If you are able to maintain that regulatory system of autophagy. Next, the glymphatic system, which is my favorite part. And it's a recent discovery. I think that's probably why it's my favorite part. But it's basically this waste clearance pathway that happens in the brain when we're sleeping. And it's called the glymphatic system because it functions similarly to the lymphatic system, if you're familiar with that. But it's managed by the brain. It's managed by glial cells. The lymphatic system, little tangent here, is basically it runs throughout our whole body. It's a network of tissues and organs, and it helps us detox. It helps us get rid of waste or any unwanted materials. In the lymphatic system, we're transporting lymph, and that is going through the body and creating this detox system. It's crucial for your immunity and your fluid balance. But in the brain during sleep, it is pushing out cerebrospinal fluid. And this comes from the spinal cord. It surrounds the brain. 
But this glymphatic system, it's particularly active during the deep stages of sleep. And the reason that it's so important, it's because it removes the buildup of something called beta amyloid plaques. So these plaques are one of the precursors of Alzheimer's disease. This is a neurodegenerative disease that impacts our memory, our cognition, and our longevity. So we want the lymphatic system to be running. We want that to happen every night. And by and to, in order to do that, we have to get adequate sleep. We have to get good sleep. And if that isn't inspiration enough, empowerment enough about the science of sleep and what it does for us to encourage your sleep hygiene and encourage the things that you probably already know that you need to do a lot of them. I want to bring forth the fact that insufficient sleep alters our DNA. It straight up alters our genes. A 2013 study, it confirmed that insufficient sleep for even just one week alters the expression of over 700 genes. And these genes are playing a role in inflammation and immune response and response to stress, all of which we care about for longevity, all of which we want to keep intact and we want to protect those genes. So let's look at each. What happens when our genes involved in inflammation are altered? What happens when we're experiencing immune response and stress response differences? Inflammation. Inflammation is definitely a hot topic that I feel like until a couple of years ago, I didn't see much about. But inflammation is a key driver of many different diseases. And it's a key driver of heart disease, of diabetes, cancer, weight gain, even Alzheimer's. When we're looking at inflammation of the body, we're looking at just holding on to too much. When we are eating fried foods, for example, our body is holding on to that. Our body is not able to detox that. And so it holds on to the toxins, that food or that experience that you're having. So we definitely want to have our genes and inflammation dialed in. We care about that for sure. And then we're talking about immune response, our ability to properly fight infections and diseases. This is one of our biggest contributors to just life quality. If we're able to feel good in our body and not be under the weather, we're obviously having a higher quality of life. So we want to continually optimize that. And lastly, our stress response. Obviously, if you are listening to this, I feel like everyone has experienced stress to some degree. But what we care about is chronic stress because the small moments of stress where you feel stressed to complete something on time or you feel stressed to get to work on time, there are reasons to experience that stress. But whether you hold on to that stress has a significant impact on your health, on whether you develop different diseases, on your immunity, on your anxiety, your depression, all different things, stress completely takes over our body, to be honest. And so we want to have sufficient sleep in order to protect those gene expressions 
and drive our ability to fight inflammation, our ability to improve our immunity, our ability to have a good stress response. We care about sleep for so many different reasons. Now that I've gotten that concept down pat, we can talk about how to improve our sleep, what to actually do. Because all of these things that I have brought up to you, I have brought up to you because I want you to care, not because I want to scare you or because I want to force the science on you, but because I want you to understand how significant sleep actually is to our health. And I want you to take that with a grain of salt as well. Because when I started learning about these mechanisms and all of the different books that I read on sleep, there's a lot of scary stuff, honestly, about not getting adequate sleep, about not being able to get that rest. But I want you to take that with a grain of salt because if you are not able to live in a playful moment, if you are not able to be just generally yourself and not stressed about getting rest, you will be able to fall into these habits that I'm about to play out even more. So empower yourself with this knowledge and relax into becoming 1% better each day. I want to hammer down as well that we care about sleep for longevity, but we also care about sleep for creativity. We care about sleep for just overall mental wellness, physical wellness, our ability to recover faster, our ability to just be better at life. There's studies that show that people who sleep better are better at making money because they are more able to be on the cutting edge. They're able to show up with more energy. They're able to devote themselves fully to their work. How can we become that well-oiled machine that goes to sleep at the same time and wakes up every day, that is able to follow a certain hygiene of their sleep and easily? Because you guys, I have had all types of insomnia. I had the type where I couldn't fall asleep for hours and hours. Like it would take me until 5 a.m. some nights to fall asleep. I've had the type where I wake up in the middle of the night and can't fall asleep then. And I have had the type where I wake up at too early, like 4 a.m. And There were a lot of different things that I was like, oh, yeah, of course, that's affecting my sleep. Like I was drinking a lot of alcohol. I was maybe having just not respecting my sleep and maybe just not even thinking about it. Like it wasn't a conscious act for me to sleep. And now that I've dialed in my information of how to sleep better, it's become so much easier And so even when I'm having those nights where I maybe am drinking alcohol or those nights where I am, it's tough on my sleep, I'm out late or I have a really early morning the next morning, like I know how to go about those with ease and without getting into a stress response. Like a lot of the time what I had issue with when I had insomnia is that I would be so stressed about my sleep being perfect because I knew how much it hurt my ability to be awake. Like all those things that we talked about, again, I want them to empower you, not to drag you down because we want to form a good relationship with sleep. And in order to do that, we have to respect it. We have to 
recognize its power. And another way to respect it is to recognize sleep hygiene. So I'm going to give you guys a couple of tips of sleep hygiene, just how to set up your environment and your schedule with a little bit more direction. The first thing to do is to have a consistent sleep schedule. Consistent Sleep loves consistency. And the more you're waking up at the same time and falling asleep at the same time every night, the better your sleep is going to know how to be. You want to get in touch with your internal clock known as your circadian rhythm. And the way you do that is have a consistent sleep schedule. I also encourage you guys to become aware if you're enjoying too much of any stimulating substance or activity or situation before bedtime. For me, that was coffee. That was having fights with my ex-boyfriend late at night. That was having disagreements or arguments or maybe leaving work activities, maybe leaving work to-do lists way too late in the day and then getting stressed that they weren't done and then falling asleep and avoid those things that stimulate you, whether they are your coffee, the whether it is exercise late at night or whether it is disagreements at night. Find a way to create space for those things outside of right before bedtime or outside of three hours before bedtime. Give yourself the time that it needs to relax into your night. And number three, I want you guys to be so careful in how you wake up in the morning. A lot of people think, oh, I need the perfect evening routine to fall asleep. And yes, an evening routine is helpful, especially for those who can't fall asleep. But a lot of the time, what I see people do wrong is in the morning because the morning is the precursor, is the primer for how we spend our whole day, is the primer for how we sleep at night. So in the morning, we want to treat it with such carefulness, with such respect for our morning because this is how we start our day. And the first thing that I encourage you to do to upgrade your sleep is to give the sun a high five, to expose as much of your body as you can to sun first thing in the morning for hopefully 20 minutes. And if you can't do 20 minutes, just a few seconds will even be fine. But the first 90 minutes that you wake up are very important for your cortisol response. Cortisol is basically our stress hormone and it helps us detox our body. It helps us with our immune function, our metabolism. It helps us wake up with more vigor. And this is highest when we first wake up in the morning. If you are drinking coffee first thing in the morning, you are altering your cortisol by just a little bit. So if you can wait 90 minutes until coffee, your stress response will be happy because it's been able to naturally wake up on its own. It's been able to naturally rise on its own. Maybe you won't have as much as an afternoon slump if you wait a little longer for coffee and go outside for that same effect that coffee can give you. 
the sun's impact on your body can wake you up way faster and way more healthy than a cup of coffee. So get outside, wait for coffee. And I encourage you guys to also find a moment of stillness in the morning. Find a moment where you have that non-sleep deep rest, that meditative state where there's just nothing going on. You are just witnessing your thoughts. You're witnessing your breath, even for just a few moments while you're in the sun. I really encourage that to start priming your body to know how to get into these states of deep rest. If we prime our body to understand how to just be silent and to listen to our body and to not move, we may be able to sleep better at night. So those are my top three tips. There are a lot of different things that you can do to improve your sleep. And a lot of it is super individual. Some of us need different changes in our cognitive our in our cognition, which I recommend CBTI. And a lot of us need different changes in our environment, which I recommend stimulus control therapy. A lot of us need different education and how to rest better, which I recommend meditation, breathwork, and hypnosis. All of these things I have put packaged into a little toolkit and I've named it the insomnia toolkit. This is exactly what I needed when I could only sleep two hours. This is exactly what I needed when I couldn't fall asleep at night. This is exactly what I needed when I was waking up too early. These are the tools, the education, the tips, the techniques that will help you fall asleep better and have more quality sleep in your life. So check it out in the link in my podcast description. It has just launched. And you guys, I worked really hard on this. This is something that has taken, to be realistic, honestly, like 15 years of study. I have been studying this for so long because it has been a significant problem for my life. I know exactly what it feels like to not sleep. And I have studied all of these years to put together a beautiful representation of how to improve your general sleep. These are things that we have control of. These are things that are not going to require you to completely up-level your life. You can if you want to. You can if you feel empowered to. But there are different tricks and things that can help you improve your sleep at least 20 to 40%. So if you need it, check it out in the podcast description. And that wraps up this episode. I hope you enjoyed a little bit of sleep education, a little bit of sleep tips. We are just getting started on this. I'm going to do another episode on sleep. So if you have any questions, please send them in to my DMs at Bailey Gilliu or send me an email at bailey at fourstate.net. We will answer them in the next episode. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. If you have even just one minute, I would so appreciate if you could write a review wherever you're listening, five stars. (laughs) I love you guys. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week and stay in touch. Until next time.